All right. Hello, True Matters listeners. This is Mikhail. And today I have with me on the podcast, Ryan Judd. Ryan is a certified appraiser in Utah. He's been an appraiser for 20 years and serves as a regional manager for True Footage. I can personally say Ryan has a magnetic personality and is loved by all who know him. In his spare time, he enjoys adventuring in the outdoors with his wife and two beautiful daughters who are 10 and 8. So welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for joining us. Um, so I'd love to just jump right in and, and hear a little bit about you personally, your role with the company, kind of what led you to True Footage. So True Footage just kind of happened. Um, I was part of a group that we were acquiring um, various appraisal groups, uh, one up north, two up north, Tucson, myself, and we were kind of building our own appraisal company at the time and um, got a call from our principal owner saying, hey, we've got an offer from these guys out of Seattle. We need to look into this. I'm like, really? We just barely had started. We were about four months into our whole process and got this offer from John, started meeting with John, talking with John. And all of a sudden I was in Vegas with John and we'd sold within two weeks of getting wow. the name John Less. Wow. So That's, I mean, he doesn't mess around. I feel like no. things always happen quickly. So I love that. And what kind of got you interested in appraisal to start with? my dad's an appraiser and so i grew up with it as well he was a certified general um grew up with him going to inspections and appraisal was always there he ran a appraisal firm a insurance office and a real estate brokerage and out of all three he's just like son you don't want to be an appraiser it's not gonna last it's not gonna be around in the future but i always loved appraisal because you could go out and adventure see new things it's always a new puzzle and it's just something that i always enjoyed i've always loved real estate so yeah. for that, I said, Dad, I want to follow that route. And it's worked out for me so far. Awesome. And with the location that you're in, I mean, it's pretty cool. Do you get to see some unique properties and some cool just um, just being kind of in that, like St. George or in those areas where it's really beautiful and there's kind of, I don't know, adventure culture out there? Do you see some cool stuff? Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of, you know, ranging from the cool off-grid property to a high-end property on a golf course, you know, Park City style or something like that that's, that's higher end. So kind of get a lot of diversity down here in a lot of different type of properties yeah that's cool and that probably keeps it interesting too that it's not just like you know single family starter homes in the exact same type of neighborhood you get to see a lot of different things and keep yeah, your now that i'm appraising in places like vegas and things like that yes it's a much more unique market than just yeah. track homes over and over yeah that's so cool well, I kind of brought you on today um, to chat a little bit. We've had some people in the company that have been aware of some kind of personal things that you've been going through. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to open up a little bit about a recent diagnosis that you had and kind of the impact that's had on you personally and professionally. Um, we've all been in your corner throughout it all, but um, it sounds like you're kind of at a place now where you said you're an open book and you're willing to chat about it. So I would just love for you to kind of walk us through what that time looked like. Sure. <clears throat> um, okay, how to recap this. So it's been a crazy four months for sure. Mm -hmm. We were in Vegas together when? Mm -hmm. In July? Mm -hmm. Was that when that was? Maybe August. Was it August? Yeah, I think it might have been August or maybe even September. <laughs> well, about June. <laughs> okay. In June, I gotten back from a trip to Peru, and I'd gone to a Garth Brooks con concert with my neighbors, and she had mono. And directly after that, I had a lymph node pop out in my neck, and it was just a big bump. I went to see the doctor, told him about my exposure to mono, told him about Peru. He says, it's probably a parasite, a virus, something. Let's just watch it for a couple of months. So this bump was sticking out of my neck, and it was just there. 
And we were in Vegas and I was showing it to everybody and I was joking. Yeah, I'm going to have cancer. It's just, and just, mm -hmm. I, don't I remember that. Yeah. Well, um, got back from the, the true footage convention, came back and went to the doctor again. And he says, well, we need a needle bi biopsy this. They took a needle biopsy and they said, well, it's inconclusive. Something's weird in there. So let's just go ahead and operate and take it out. And so still thinking, okay, I'm going to be okay. It's not that big of a deal. It's something, but whatever. And then when they took it out, came in for the pathology, um, went back to my appointment and the, um, the way that things work now, you have your, my health account and mm -hmm. that's come to your account. Mm -hmm. The doctor still hadn't got the test results. So I'm sitting in the office with my wife. It's right the time for the appointment. And literally as he walks in the door, the test results hit my, my phone. And so I start reading and I read the words metastatic melanoma and I see the doctor's face go just sheet white. Mm -hmm. He runs over the computer, starts looking at everything and he's just dead quiet. And I'm like, oh shit, what is this? Yeah. Um, and so he looks at me and he just like, you know, there's this, this, this. And I'm like, so how bad is this? He's like, you could probably need to be putting your affairs in order. And he just like looked at me in the eye and said that. And like, all of a sudden I was just like, just Holy fear wow. was crippling yeah um and so typically when it's in a lymph node already it's somewhere else in the body to mm -hmm. transfer so they were pretty sure i was at stage four at that point and that's why it was that's a very grim diagnosis tip mm -hmm. um great doctors that was a thursday they had me in on a on a saturday which is unheard of for a brain mri um, went in there in the brain, they put your face in a cage and you're just sitting there and just praying and hoping and nothing's mm -hmm. found and, um, talking about, you know, through this experience, meeting somebody, those texts aren't supposed to tell you anything. Mm -hmm. And when he came back in through, he just says, Hey, I got really good pictures, really good pictures. Oh, that's great. There was no cancer in my brain because that's typically where it would have went if it was in my neck. Mm -hmm. So I was very grateful there. And then went and got a full body PET scan and that fact that it was still localized to my neck. So the good news is, is it was still in that one lymph node. And I was still considered a stage three melanoma, uh, stage three anyway, um, which if you still go on Google, it says you've got a 67% shot of living five years. So still, I've got an eight year old, I've got a 10 year old, I've got right. a bullshit, no way. Yeah. Um, looking at all, uh, what was me, why me, all that stuff course hits um but going through all that it was such a hard two months just emotional trying to get through what's new do i need to be selling everything to put affairs in order for my wife or do i need to be moving on with my life how do you do this right um so we went through a lot um but went to the doctors after that they put me on immunotherapy two months went by again another scan that one came back clear as well and so right now I am eating it and it's looking really good. Uh, melanoma, you have about a 60% shot of it re re relapsing in the first year. And so they get, they're gonna scan me every three months and I'm on this immunotherapy every month for the next 14 months. Um, side note, one thing of immunotherapy is $55,000. Holy cow. Part of exchanging over to true footage for me was literally before I was, you know, I joined True Footage in December and I was shopping marketplace at that time. I'm like, honey, I'm so sick of insurance. Let's just sign up for this Christian insurance. Mm -hmm. We were going to go that route. Yeah. I'd be bankrupt had I gone that route, had I not joined True Footage at that moment. Because that chills. That's amazing. Some of the things that maybe the the 
I don't know, outcomes or doors that end up opening that you would have never, when you were making that decision career-wise, you never had your health in mind. I mean, yeah, you're like, this is great that I'll be getting health insurance, but that's not the forefront of why you often make a decision. And what a blessing that you did make those decisions so, so soon before this all happened. I mean, it really is almost divine that it worked out the way that it did. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy that it worked out the way it did and I'm grateful for the insurance and grateful for great doctors and treatments. The immunotherapy I'm on uh, was FDA approved about five years ago. Okay. It's doubled people's um, chances of beating it. Yeah. And so I'm in a very favorable time right now with my, with the cancer I have. And, you know, before it was a death sentence, it was like, we're going to treat it, cut it out. It's not if it's when it comes back, immunotherapy now makes it that we could cure you of this if your body reacts, reacts correctly. And what's the kind of side effects physically or emotionally to some of the medications and your regimen that you have to follow now? Is it, is it pretty impactful just day to day? Um, immunotherapy just puts your immune system on turbo mode. So it's running at about six times to seven times more than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, your body has an immune response to it. And so it actually can inflame a lot of your stuff, your, your organs. Um, it's really affected my vision. It's affected my, I haven't like, I, I'll go to the gym and my fatigue is there. You know, mm-hmm. my body is just constantly worn out because it's, it's running on super mode basically. Um, but sure beats chemo, sure beats yeah. You know, I when I go get my infusions, I'm sitting there next to a 80, 90 year old man wilting away in cancer, mm-hmm. just playing, and I'm here. I look good, I feel mm-hmm. good. It's mm-hmm. there's a guilt there too. It's yeah. hard to go in these cancer centers and see what I'm doing. Um moving forward, I've got goals. I'm gonna start volunteering like when people get diagnosis and, and help. Um and if anybody hears this and has anything going on, um I don't think people understand cancer until you go through it. Mm-hmm. When you do, you will never sympathize. It, it's just a different sympathy that you can't explain. Right. I imagine it's always this thing that just happens to everyone else. Like you hear the word and it's like, oh, that's so sad for them. And that must be so hard for them. But, you know, I think having having done the um, discussion that we had done with uh, kind of navigating adversity, I remember Pat Cole talking about that too, how it's just, you just, in that moment, I mean, your whole world closes in and your life is never the same from right, right when you read that on your phone and you're sitting there in this moment, you can't ever go back to who you were right before you read that. It's just like everything changes. And so I think that's really incredible to then get through it, beat it, and then reach out to people that are now where you were when you first started. And it's like the world feels like it's crumbling beneath you. And like you said, how would you know how to navigate it until you're forced to because it's just overwhelming and all consuming and not something you could understand until it's happening to you or maybe somebody really close to you that you're going through together? Yeah, like literally the night before my diagnosis, I'd taken my girls to Big Shots Golf. Mm-hmm. Top golf. We were hitting golf balls. I'm like, this is my last day, probably, without being known as the cancer guy or cancer defining me. I right. had thoughts like, for deep down, so I knew something was up, and then it happened. Yeah. But sharing my story, sharing with people, it's amazing how many people have opened up to me and told mm-hmm. me of their sister, of them, of mm-hmm. all these people that they've been impacted by that I had no idea about. They're my really good friends, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are living these things privately. Mm-hmm. You don't know that that's going on in their lives. And so right. it has opened my compassion and, and sympathy to people to just always not not dig into their personal business, but acknowledge that there's a big shot that they're dealing with something that you don't know about. Right. Just be kind, be good, 
I get diagnosed with cancer. I'm going to go get a big old diesel truck with a brush guard. I'm going to go power everybody off the road and just have fun until I die. Um, yeah. I can say it wasn't that reaction for me. I wanted to bring those I loved in closer. I wanted mm -hmm. to be better to the people that I wasn't being. I felt like I wanted to be just, it was a reminder to be better. I mean, in, in a way it's been a benefit. I, I take advantage of when I'm breathing air in the mountains. I just, all the little things are fresh and in a way it's been a blessing because it's made life so sweet again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a wonderful perspective and something that it's like you're on the edge of the cliff and you can either just fall forward into it or you can lean back onto all the people that are there to catch you and the things that you love. And it's a, such a defining moment, which I do think there are a lot of people completely understandably, but that lean into some of the darkness of it and it just is all consuming and it's really difficult to navigate. But it's like, it's almost like the, the thought like, you can either say, oh, life is short or life is short. Like, what, what am I going to do with it? You know, so I think it's really wonderful for you to be able to and be willing to open up and talk about your perspective. And I think talking about it is half the medicine. You know, I think when we hear about things people are going through and it's something that we're unsure of or uncomfortable with, a lot of times we just don't talk about it and it becomes this weird elephant in the room or just, you know, and for me, and, and like you said, just actually asking people and saying it out loud and being like, hey, we all know this is something that you're going through. Let's like air it out and talk about it is so healing, not only for the person going through it, but for so many people around them that can relate and maybe have kept it bottled in for who knows how many meetings or how long or how many interactions. And so it's really incredible that you've kind of created that safety net already and and been able to connect with so many people well, and even in the company through those months to get the little slacks i was getting in the little notes and the thinking of yous and that it was great to be part of this culture as well mm -hmm. like the culture and people's love and prayers and thoughts were amazing and mm -hmm. it, it helped me like it supported me and it it, it, it really helped so yeah. thank you everybody that hears this and that reached out to me and thank you so much yeah yeah i know i mean it was it's in those moments you know your world stops immensely but i think being when it's somebody that you care about and we had all just been there together in person so then seeing that it's like your heart sinks and is at a standstill for a little bit because i think there's also an aspect of it where you know losing my dad at a really young age i think one of the most frustrating things was how everyone else's world just kept spinning and there was these moments like i go to the grocery store and it'd be comforting because i didn't have to be the girl whose dad just died when i was at the grocery store but then i'm going through the checkout line and i want to be like how are you fine? How do you, you know, like you're going through this thing that is so heavy and it's, it's like the most beautiful thing in the world that the world keeps spinning, but also there are moments where it's just so infuriating. And so, mm -hmm. you know, there was, I know there was a lot of people that just like our world stood still with you and just wanting to do anything that we could to make sure you knew you had that support. But simultaneously, I feel like sometimes there's a blessing in being able to step back into the world and not be so identified by this hard thing you're going through and feel quote normal even just for a meeting or one inspection or whatever like you just get to be ryan in that you moment and you. Not, I, yeah. I noticed that fast like i stopped telling people because i'm like well i don't want the dialogue constantly in my life to be cancer defining me right um, we're all going to deal with something in our mortality in the future and i got a taste of it and it's scary but mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. A very real thing mm -hmm. it was another reminder for me that none of us are guaranteed tomorrow whether we wreck in a car or whether we whatever mm -hmm. um we have to be grateful for today and that's part of what i was stating before was oh wow why did it take something like cancer for me to be grateful mm -hmm. for things in ways mm -hmm. and 
just I you know I can even see my life normalizing from what it was two months ago. Mm-hmm. Wait, get your ass back and be grateful. Yeah. Look at all the small things and go back to what matters most. Yeah. That's my goal coming out of this is what am I doing that's giving experiences with me and my daughters and my wife? What am I doing to be a better friend, a better coworker? You know, just make sure that I'm keeping my priorities where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I I saw a video of this woman that's a, a home health nurse and she had woken up and was just frustrated because her kids' toys were everywhere and she'd asked them to clean them up and she was stressed about it and the house was a mess. and she left to go fill in for another nurse she worked with and saw one of that nurse's patients and it was a child who was terminal and couldn't leave the bed and that perspective of her getting back into her car and being like oh my gosh i'm so thankful for the toys all over the floor <laughs> i feel like um perspective is so beautiful it's often it hits us in the face it's often this thing of like you know you you don't realize what you have until maybe you witness somebody that doesn't have it or until you yourself have that experience of something might maybe taken away um mm-hmm. can you speak a little bit more on kind of how your perspective has changed and then things that you do when you find yourself slipping back into maybe not feeling so grateful or what's been the most sort of humbling to you as you've navigated this it's easy for me to say i got this you know i've always been the arrogant guy that i can handle it i there's a problem i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna beat it it's just what i do um it's been uh, it screwed with my mind that i'm not bulletproof mm-hmm. i got this thing that could kill me i mm-hmm. you know, it's been something that i've had to really work around even as as far as my self-reflection goes of who i am you know and i'm getting there that i'm like this doesn't define me it's i'm i'm cancer free at the moment it can come back but if it comes back i'm going to deal with it and deal with it like everybody else deals, deals with it mm-hmm. um I'll have two great days right now. And then I'll be laying in bed at night and I read about some actress that died at 45 of cancer mm-hmm. or different things like that'll pop up. You're like, this is still in my, this is still my reality. This is still something that maybe it's not happening today, but I've got to be prepared for it. Um, mm-hmm. And so moving forward, I guess my perception in life is changed to the point that um i can tell you this that coming across like i all my goals were right now at 42 okay what can i do to be retired by 55. Mm-hmm. i just about putting my money in order i need this i still need to buy this all my dream car is this i figured that you know all my things were kind of materialistic leading up to my retirement or where that was and what the things i wanted to do mm-hmm. um, i can tell you when you think you're dying nothing matters except for your relationships and your memories right one thing I had was I am grateful that I've lived. Mm-hmm. I have chosen vacations that I hadn't put them on. I, you know, one thing I've always said in life as an appraiser is I'll go into a little old lady's home. They've got their beautiful dream home they built. They're 68 years old, and they've saved, scrimped, done all these things for their retirement. She's 68 years old. You walk in, she's like, "My husband passed last year, and I'm selling the house. I'm going to go live with my in-law. You know, my health isn't doing good, and they've constantly just lived." for this end game retirement mm-hmm. and they haven't enjoyed their lives vacationing and doing the things at that moment. Right. And so I have been one that has always said, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm a yes person. If someone says, do you want to do this? I'm like, yep, let's mm-hmm. do it. I've done it before. And I think that's going to stay constant. When I found out those things out, I'm like, I am so grateful that I've chosen to say yes to things, even when it wasn't convenient. 
um, because I don't want to die with regrets. And so part of that was that. But I don't know if I'm answering your question. I'm kind of yeah, no, I, I think you have for sure. I think, you know, it's it's somewhat of, I guess, a morbid exercise or thought to go through. But what do you want people to stand up and say at your funeral? I can guarantee you no one's going to say he had a cool car. I mean, that's not the thing that people remember us for. And so I think to still be mindful. And of course, it's not like abandon all financial goals and just live under a bridge. It's like, yeah. you know, still be mindful, but also know that the the biggest regrets people often have are like saying no when they w wish they would have said yes or putting this thing off because they wanted to be perfectly financially and ready in every way. And I just feel like we're never going to get there. Whatever we think we need to be at, even if we won the lottery, now there's all these other issues and concerns. And now who do we trust? And are people only our friends because of this and that? There's always something that I think if you took away the trouble you thought you were facing, another trouble opens up. But we can also look at our perspective and shift that so differently that you know, we we also always have the opportunity to say yes or to prioritize those things that if we did receive a diagnosis tomorrow, or like you said, we, you know, have a motor vehicle accident or something that is out of our control, how do we want to have been spending the days leading up to that? And so I think it only amplified that you already lived your life that way, which is so great because in those moments, one could only hope that we are given that diagnosis and you just say, I am so glad I have spent the last X amount of years living. Like that's the biggest thing that you, rather than I wish I would have been living or I wish I would have been doing these different things. So yeah. Yeah. And part about owning your true self or whoever you are is is there's a freedom. A lot of people don't ever get there, but to have that freedom to own who you are and be your authentic self and let everybody else love that person who you are. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot, but yeah. part of that's just being that honest person and being happy in your daily lives. And so <laughs> if anything, when I talk to people, it's just like, you know, I talk to my brother-in-law, like, it's your 50th birthday this year. You need to get out of the dental chair and right. go do something for your 50th birthday mm -hmm. too busy and like you go get cancer then because you need to figure it out yeah you need to prioritize the things that are important work's yeah. always there money will be there there's things like that but you need to do the small things to enjoy this life totally and just not be so prideful to not allow yourself to celebrate all the silly little accomplishments i think that we almost put ourselves in a box because we're supposed to be stoic and professional and adult and responsible and for me it's like i want to be wildly excited that you know my kid turned one year and one month or whatever it's like there's all these things we can celebrate or just find ways to be to start celebrating every Tuesday or every Thursday that you make it where you've received this diagnosis on some day. And now it's like, you know what, I've made it to another Thursday. Thursdays are great. I'm going to take back the power of this day of the week. Or, you know, I just feel like sometimes we we try so hard to be serious that we forget how to be playful and childlike in ways and, and just enjoy our lives. And we like are a thief of our own joy in doing so. Oh, and uh, you know, even when my grandpa died, my mom went into a three, four year funk. She was not herself. She let it daily just take her over. And I think a lot of times we can always get a hardship that mm -hmm. allow, take us over. And that is the opposite of what we need to do. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. And even in my situation, it's easier said than done, but I'm giving, giving it my all. Yeah but you just need to be grateful for the days, the time, and yeah, every day's a gift. It is, mm -hmm. and you're happier if you treat it that way.
Yeah. And, and knowing right now you have an uncertainty that you're aware of, but everyone in the world is walking around with uncertainties around the corner that we're not aware of. So that's the other thing is, I mean, you could choose to focus so solely on, okay, make it to one year, make it to five years, do these things. This is this thing that's been brought to the surface, but we could get a phone call in five minutes that completely changes everything in a way that we were not even anticipating. And so if we live our lives anticipating trials and hardship and struggles, again, we just steal the ability to be focusing on joy and the things that make us happy and the things that bring light to our lives, because there is no way we could uncover all the darkness that we are going to encounter. And I think the older that you get, and especially then your friends, parents get older and everyone's aging and health things happen. It just happens as we age. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, there's just there life is almost a series of like really hard things and then the ability to celebrate small things in between that and find happiness amongst those and sometimes again that's a perspective that could be somewhat maybe jaded or kind of i don't know like too realistic for some but i've really recognized that that it's our ability to find happiness in those in-between moments that allows us to actually create a life that we're proud of and that you know we're enjoying amidst everything else yeah, I've always liked the saying when people say, choose your heart. You mm -hmm. can have a hardship of being out of shape with diabetes, things like that, or you can choose your heart of going to the gym at 7 a.m. and trying mm -hmm. to be right. There's, we all have choices in this life and there's just results of those choices. Yeah. Um, but like you say, your attitude with whatever heart you've chosen is up to you. Right, right. Um, so having been the, the person that typically was, you know, self-proclaimed invincible and probably didn't really ask for help much and was able to always be the Superman to your daughters and your wife and, and all of that, how has this experience maybe softened you in being able to ask for help or lean on other people or kind of acknowledge um, that you maybe, you could probably do it all alone, but you don't want to? Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I could imagine going through it alone. I mm -hmm. like leaning on my wife through that was she was amazing. Um, helped me in so many ways. It broke my heart to talk to my kids about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I tried to, you know, dad, are you dying? Dad, are you know, all they hear the word cancer and they're just like, dad's dying. Mm -hmm. and those conversations were really hard. Um, going through the doctor appointments through that time and, you know, we, we got just a rally of good news, which, you know, was great. And so I feel very blessed that way where I read about so many people that don't have the trip that I've had so far. That they just get bad news, bad news, bad news, and it's worse and worse and worse until they're in straight chemo, almost dying, and come back out. And that could be in my future. I don't know. Right. But I've always been amazed by the people that lose a leg, have mm -hmm. do how they remain happy and joyful through those moments. Um but I yeah, no, I mean, like I said, like just the text from the people in the company, my friends, my family made it so much better and to feel that love was i i will be forever grateful to those people it just changed me it just yeah. so and i hope to be that person moving forward for other people absolutely I mean, I mean i think in the midst of it you already are and then that will only keep paving the way and allowing you to to have a perspective and understanding for people that no one else would have unless they have walked that. And so I think that's the greatest gift you can give back, not only to the people receiving it, but to yourself, you know, to be able to be in that position that you could have only hoped to be in that first day when you saw that on your phone, you know, it's hard to imagine even what's tomorrow or the next day. So um, what um, have you been the most proud of yourself for as you've navigated this? Mm. I don't know if I 
be proud of something out of this would be it's more of the, the, this that i come out of it with this gratefulness mm -hmm. uh, that my faith changed about 10 years ago things like that but mm -hmm. it's brought me closer to god mm -hmm. uh, it's brought me closer to uh my spirit my faith my my soul um so to say that things happened that brought me strengthened me that way that has changed me for the better mm -hmm. um, i'm proud that i let those things happen that i just didn't push that out with pride um i'm proud of myself that i've been able to speak about it been able to accept it and not not do the woe is me thing as much um and so because i felt like there was moments that i really wanted to do it that way but mm -hmm. i you just move forward and live like there's not a tomorrow in a lot of ways yeah definitely you gotta that you gotta stay smart financially and <laughs> right 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 yeah still, don't abandon know, the five-year plan but just have fun along the way <laughs> but to tell us you know i was walking through a parking lot the other day i was way busy and my my and there's a peer appraiser you know i, was, I would always like oh, i don't have time to talk to him mm -hmm. now go in there and i talk to them mm -hmm. so i will take those extra 10 minutes i will look for things to enhance my relationships and prioritize those in my daily life and not say, oh, I'll do it when I'm less busy next week. And right. so that's the other thing change I've made too. I, you know, try to reach out to people on Slack, try to talk to people in the company. I just like to prioritize relationships more than I was. Connection. Absolutely. And and that's the thing is if we wait till we're no, no longer busy, the day, the day will never come. But I also mm -hmm. do think those small changes that you have the perspective of now those things that we're often too busy for and that feel kind of like a burden when we actually do them usually bring us a lot of joy and connection. It's just that we have such a addiction to being busy and to being so, I don't know, like it's, it's this rite of passage almost like I don't have time for that means that you're successful in some way. But for me, yeah. the person that has the 10 minutes to stop and, and make a quick conversation with somebody, you have no idea how much that could change their day in that 10 minutes too. You know, what you said, we never know what somebody else is going through. And so those small changes enrich our lives so much. And how much of our lives do we spend just avoiding those things when really they're, they're well, like the, the free medicine. Yeah. We don't have time for this, but we do. We just need to prioritize it just the same way we prior, prioritize some 10 minute meeting. That we mm -hmm, have, so. mm -hmm. exactly i always love i think it was like a buddha quote but you know if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate every day you need 20. and i think that's the same thing with connection if you don't have 10 minutes to answer the phone call from your best friend make 20 minutes to have a call with them because at the end of the day that often is a big mirror or a magnifying glass into the areas of our life in which we probably need a lot more of and finding those areas of discomfort or avoidance are often areas that need healing breathed into them or you know just need a little bit more attention so i think that's a really good perspective yeah yeah definitely um all right and then kind of lastly wrapping up here for anyone that may be listening and and maybe not navigating the exact same thing that you've been going through but maybe at the forefront or have just received some type of news or something that is a new challenge do you have any kind of words of wisdom or advice or things that would have been helpful if you were told or were helpful that you were told during that time? <clears throat> um, part of what I did was, um, if you're going through a diagnosis like me, uh, is you get on Google, Google's scary. Google has, it, it doesn't have all the up-to-date things that mm -hmm. you have. Um, I joined some cancer forums, some melanoma forum, forums, mm -hmm. 
and I'm reading people's success stories that are in the clinical tri trials. They're on this new medication. They're, you know, so all the data hadn't changed from this new immunotherapy. So anything I was reading was based off of old school things. Okay. And, um, so my statistics were, they're, they're better than the, they show on Google. Mm -hmm. um, was exactly how much better, but they're quite a bit better. Mm -hmm. And so be careful of what you read that way. I mean, down to, you know, I, from a prostate cancer to a whatever you're dealing with, um, don't go down the rabbit hole too much of Dr. Google first mm -hmm. and confide in your doctors, confide in um, people, things like that. But don't let the darkness seep in immediately. Um, right. I, I was quick to, uh, all I could hear was that guy's, I still see his his eyes looking at me and say, you need to get your affairs in order. It's just like slow motion. It's like, yeah, that, those, that was just like, the moment of impact. Who are you talking to? Yeah. You're not talking to me. Um, and so that's still in my head that's just like, and then you just freak out, melt down. Um, I, I think it's more of a you compartmentalize it, take it day by day, and don't overreact for the first little while. Because yeah. the body's an amazing thing. It can handle a lot. It can get mm -hmm. through a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and just, just trust that process, I think, is... I guess advice I could give. I don't know if anybody cannot, but that's our first, you know, reaction. Like, oh, I got a mole. I need to go research. I need to figure out what it is. Right. Um, but that's something I did find was that the data was conflicting based off of what was there and not. Um, other than that, if you, um, the other things I'm telling people in my age now, 40s, you know, people are supposed to be at colonoscopies. Mm -hmm. People I've talked to that have had colon cancer. Like, if I just would have got my colonoscopy, I wouldn't have had all this. Mm -hmm. I had a mammogram. If I would just got a mammogram, I mean, breast cancer, I, I talked to, it's, it's crazy. Throw a rock at women's had breast cancer. Mm -hmm. I got that it was a big deal, but not that much. Right. Do your screenings. Go, go, go to the skin doctor. It's not a big deal. Go mm -hmm. find out, get, get things screened. Wear sunscreen for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um, just the little things like that, that you hear. And for some reason, I'm like, oh, I always like a light red tan. I mean, I always love mm -hmm. the bird, mm -hmm. you know, but anyway, I guess that's the other advice coming out is, do the stupid screenings, do the mm -hmm. stuff, um, get in for your colonoscopies, get in for that stuff. Because I can tell you, if you could have prevented it and you were just lazy on mm -hmm. those little things, you're, it's just going to be like, oh, why the hell was I so stupid? Right, I right. You, yeah, small things that make a huge difference. Do that self-maintenance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I had several friends that have gone in for colonoscopies now for different things. And they're, they're you know, so that's been good to see. Right. And best news is you go and it doesn't turn up with anything, but you have the confidence of knowing that there's been, you know, visibility to it and ensure that there isn't something underlying that's going on. And I think sometimes not knowing is, you know, the ignorance is bliss. Like sometimes we're scared yeah. of things that we don't know. And especially, you know, when you have a lymph node that's swollen or something, we often do go to the worst case scenario but knowledge is power and getting things looked at as early as we possibly can. And even in your case, like you had the worst outcome that you could have thought of with the words that were stated after you were, you know, things were looked at, but had you been too prideful to go to the doctor and you waited six more months or a year, or you just kept pushing it down and saying, it's not a big deal. It doesn't hurt. It's fine. I mean, that outcome could have even been so much yeah. different. And our conversation, well, wouldn't be happening right now because you'd probably still just be living in that ignorant bliss. But also, you, <laughs> we have no idea what that is. Right, exactly. But there are people that do that. that they'll let it grow and grow and grow. Um, during COVID, like there were people with melanoma and they had, um, sorry, my dogs are about to eat. That's okay. Um, they had melanoma during COVID. 
but they wouldn't go in because of the COVID protocols. Mm -hmm. And it went from stage one to stage four in as little as six to eight months. So if you've got a mark, if you've got something, don't make excuses. Go right. That's all I can beg people to do. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, Ryan, what does your next year look like? What are you the most excited for? Do you have anything fun coming up or anything that you are excited to experience or anything? On the true footage train work wise, it's kind of been crazy that way. I'm looking forward to watching the market correct. And I I flip homes on the side. I enjoy doing that. So I'm going to be for those things. Yeah. Booked Iceland this year with the wife. Yeah. And I think we're going to go down to Guatemala as well. I served an LDS mission there. And just want to go back and touch roots. It's just something yeah. like this year I'm doing. So. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I can't wait for us to uh, have another chat and hear about all those adventures. I have no doubt you'll make them all happen. And we really appreciate you for your time today and for sharing your story and um, also being willing to reach out or be a resource if anybody needs to talk or, you know, has something else they're facing. I think that's the most amazing gift you could give back to everybody after going through this. So yes, please, everybody, if there's ever yeah, if you need someone to talk to, Slack me, talk to me, you know, I'm, I'd love to talk to anybody about anything and just go over, I don't know, life, because it's crazy for us all, and let's just all get it through it together and enjoy it, because it's amazing. Yep, it absolutely is, and we are better together, and we're better with you on our team. We're so thankful for you, Ryan, and really appreciate you for being here today. Thanks, Mikhail. All right, thank you.